Good morning. On this Friday morning, we want to welcome you to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Our devotionals have been based upon the Lord's Feast. These are God's appointed times that He made for the nation of Israel. We have been talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and explaining it throughout the different studies that we have had. And we'd like to continue with that today, expounding on it. As we, had, as we had left off yesterday. The scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Thou shalt eat no laven bread with it seven days. Shalt thou eat unleavened bread with even the bread of affliction? For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou may remember the day when thou cameth forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. Now they came out so quick that they were not going to have time to make their bread with Laban, even if they had wanted to. So it was made with unlaven. It was made with no Laban whatsoever, and it was called the bread of affliction. In verse number four of the same book of Deuteronomy sixteen four, it says, "And there shall." Be no laven bread seen with thee in all thy coast seven days. Neither shalt there be anything of the flesh which thou sacrifices the first day at evening. Remain all night until the morning. So here once again as a reminder even from yesterday. We continue to see the importance of the absence of whatever type of laven they had not being present throughout those seven days. And of course, we have made mention that both leprosy and laban in the scripture have a, a representation, a type of significance that they do mean sin, almost without exception. So in the scripture, when we go ahead and read, we'll find in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, having therefore these precious promises, Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, of course, ceremonially, the nation of Israel during any and during all their feasts, uh, they were supposed to be ceremonially clean when they participated in things. You cannot cleanse your spirit with something natural. There's got to be something greater than that. And the scripture says, therefore having these promises, the word of God, it is says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now the continuation of this thought in 1 John 1, 9 if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 1, it says, My little children, these things <clears throat> write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Then we have in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4, verse, verse 3 and 4, 
For this is the will of God. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And of course, the word there, sanctification, means in purity, uh, in holiness. Uh, it means simply to have your physical life in such a state that it is considered pure before, before God. So, having read that and having considered these thoughts a little bit, let us add this to it. The Jewish feast of marriage is what we want to introduce here. Uh, according to the scripture in Deuteronomy, uh, they were supposed to be married. And for about one year, to be exact, they were to celebrate. They weren't supposed to go to war, uh, the husband. They weren't supposed to anything. It says in Deuteronomy 24, uh, verse 5, When a man has taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war. Neither shall he be charged with any business. But he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he has taken. Now, the reason we bring this thought up is that we made mention earlier concerning the very first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was considered holy unto God. It was a feast that was separate unto him. Well, the scripture says in Exodus chapter 12, verse 16, And the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No matter of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. So from the sounds of it, no work was supposed to be done for those seven days. And on the seventh day especially, every man must eat that which may be done of you. The only thing that you were going to do was eat on that seventh day. So if we were to take this into consideration, and I use the word if very, uh, very carefully, and that is that if we were to consider that that very first holy convocation, that meeting, that gathering of the nation of Israel unto the Lord was the very first day that they would meet in a type of parallel and a type of shadow of that which is prophetic, that it would be the first day or the first year, because we're using a, a year and a day, <clears throat> that they would meet with the Lord up in the air. And the seventh day would be the seventh day or the seventh year, which would mean at the end of that time or the beginning of the, of the seventh uh, year till the end of it, uh, which would be the marriage supper of the Lamb. And there shall be a holy convocation. And what are you going to do at that holy convocation? Every man must eat. That only may he. Be done of you. Now it says that uh, in the book of Second uh, Peter, chapter three, verse eight, taking these things very, very carefully into consideration, 
It says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Now, God can do anything and everything that he wants. But when it comes to the prophetic, he's very specific. So, here's some examples. Uh, Book of Numbers 14, 33 and 34. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your horde on them until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days in which you have searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, and you shall bear your iniquities, even 40 years shall you know my breach of promise. In other words, we are going to take one year to be the equivalent of one day that you were out searching the promised land and refused to go in, and that is going to be your punishment. So that converted those 40 days out there, converted into 40 years. And then, of course, God does the same thing with Ezekiel. He's going to do the same thing with Daniel. It says in Ezekiel 4.4, Lie thou also upon thy left side, and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it, according to the number of the days thou shalt lay upon it, thou shalt bear their iniquity. It says in verse number 5 of Ezekiel chapter 4, For I have lain upon thee the years of their iniquity, according to the number of the days. Three hundred and ninety days shalt thou bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. In other words, for three hundred and ninety days, you're going to lie on one side, representing three hundred and ninety years. And then for the nation of Judah, it says when that has been accomplished, you're going to lie again on your right side, and you're going to bear the iniquity of the house of Judah. For forty days I have appointed thee, each day for a year. And then, of course, in the book of Daniel 9.24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sin and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring an everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, threescore, and two weeks, and the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troubled times. And then it says, and after threescore and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the Prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be a flood, and there unto the end of the war. Desolation are determined. And the last part, it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifices and the obligations to cease for the overspreading of the abominations, And he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. In other words, 490 years are going to be the gap of time that is going to complete everything that God has intended for the nation. 
But he uses those 490 years as 470 weeks. And each of those weeks is counted as a day. We will be looking a little bit more at this tomorrow with the Lord's help on Saturday. Be with us as we continue to explain this in the name of Jesus. Amen.